In this episode, we're talking about friendships on Lost Girl. Hugs! Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 98. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about friendship hugs. Hugs, hugs. Because if you hadn't noticed, we, especially Chris and I, are very fond of when shows have great friendships on them. You're saying that I'm not? No, but we, we talk okay. about it more. Okay. Don't get all Why offended. don't you include it's me okay. in the conversation? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Gotta have Annie more three ways. You. you know? <laughs> Unfriend. <laughs> I don't even know that Annie is my friend on Facebook. That's because I don't do Facebook. She's my yeah, friend on no, Facebook, I'm... so there! <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about friendship in this episode, not unlike the friendship that the three of us apparently do not share. And <laughs> <laughs> in regards to spoilers for this episode, we are recording this in between the first and second parts of season five airing on Showcase in Canada. But a lot of people at this point, a lot of people in the U.S. and other places haven't seen the first half of season five. So we're going to try not to have any spoilers for the beginning of season five. And, you know, it actually worked out perfectly because we made our notes before season five started airing. So I was like, hey, this is great. <laughs> so for the drink special this week, I decided to go with a drink called Big Hug. Oh yeah, Aww. yeah. See, y'all think I'm all stony-hearted and stuff, but see, I have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, you're stony-hearted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this one little, little part. sliver of big hug. Okay, but big no, hug is basically one of those drinks that involves adding delicious-tasting alcohol to hot chocolate. So really, yeah, well, I'm in. how can you go wrong? So it's it's yeah. Irish cream and creme de t- Creme de cacao added to hot chocolate and topped with whipped cream. And it does sound like a big hug. <laughs> it does. A big drunk hug, yes. eventually. If you're uh, those are the best hugs, Annie. Drunk hugs are amazing. Are they? Well, not when the person's, like, slobbering on you or something, but, yeah. <laughs> like, I love you, man. You know, in my, you in my experience, kind of hug. drunk hugs can lead to drunk other stuff. So, you know, I'm going to win it. We know where Stephanie's mind is. It's not on the friendship aspects thing. It's just on the sex part. Annie, you are not one to talk. You are not <laughs> one to say, talk. Annie, <laughs> Annie, do you feel like your thunder is being stolen? <laughs> yeah, it is. So let's let's start with just talking about friendship generally on on the show. I, I guess I'll first say, like, I I feel like friendship on particularly television shows because they're so they're such long term projects, but also in movies. I feel like friendships are often very underrated. The story often focuses very much on romantic relationships, and those are important, don't get me wrong, but I think that friendships are frankly even more important and even more interesting than romantic relationships a lot of the time. If you're a if you're a social science nerd like I am, there's a great lecture by a sociologist at Occidental College. Actually, it's two friends to <laughs> sociologists from Occidental College talking about the importance of friendships and talking about like significant friendships in pop culture. It's a really interesting lecture that they did, and I can put a link in the show notes if people are interested. But there's actually research that suggests that having friends, like having a lot of good, close friends, 
is more important to your health and well-being than having like a stable romantic relationship. So friends are important is what I want to start out by saying. I believe all that. I mean, I think most people have friendships that overall last longer than romantic relationships, right? I mean, one of my friends I've known since I was 6. It's unlikely that I will have a romantic relationship that lasts that long <laughs> unless Bess and I break up. I think friendship is the building can be the building block for romantic relationships, but overall, I think both in television and sometimes, you know, sometimes in life that they really are the most important thing. But in regards to friendship on Lost Girl, one of the things I really loved about the show, which was set up from the very first episode, was how central the relationship between Bo and Kenzie is to the series. Like, if you think about it, the the, the premiere episode is a fey, 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 fey world. You know, we meet Bo's love interests, we see Dyson and Lauren, but the purpose of that episode is not setting up these eventual romantic relationships between the two of them. The point is to get Bo and Kenzie, to get them together as friends. But yeah, I mean, they, they make a big point of the first significant interaction Bo has in the episode is with Kenzie. And the last significant interaction she has in the episode is with Kenzie. So the episode is entirely about Bo and Kenzie becoming friends. Right, because in the yeah. first scene, we see Bo meet Kenzie. And then they make a point of showing Bo's character emerge of what she's like, that she's willing to save someone like Kenzie. And then they turn it around and Kenzie saves Bo, so... Exactly, all within the same script. And even in the middle of the episode, when Bo is being dragged off to meet the Ash with the hood on her head, she goes, where's my friend? And I always notice that, that she already refers to her as a friend. And then, yeah, you have the last scene with them together, facing... The Fey world, and that's how the episode ends, and it's really neat to see. And that first episode also includes really the one definitive, well, I shouldn't say that, one of the few definitive assertions about somebody's sexuality on the show. Because, you know, Kenzie has this thing where she says to Bo, essentially, I'm only into dudes. And Michelle Avretta said in an interview with The Water Cooler a while ago, after the show started, that... She put that in there intentionally because she wanted the relationship between Bo and Kenzie to only be friends. She didn't want, say, if like she didn't, she wasn't involved with the project anymore or somewhere down the road. She didn't want the network or somebody else to try to manipulate it so that Bo and Kenzie would be in a relationship. It was important to her to establish that Bo, as a bisexual character, could have a relationship that was just a friendship. And I like that that was so important to Michelle Lovretta, and clearly that has remained important to the people who have run the show since she left. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's not like Xena, where you have what starts out as the friendship and the sidekick turn into a lot of are they, aren't they subtext. Yeah, I like that she said that and set that up. And that the times when you do have, you know, we see... Bo kisses Kenzie, it's only four. I'm testing something out to make sure if the, uh, I don't have my powers anymore, so it's a little squeaky. But it's always very Or I need to clear. pass you something to help get you- Out of jail. Out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> to get you out of jail. Which turns into a really comedic moment. Yeah, with that scene in Cage Fay, they the show kind of had their cake and, and ate it too a bit, but, it, you know, it, yeah. it was done in a way so that it, it was clearly 
very over the top and funny and they weren't trying to be like, Boat Kenzie, you're going to start dating. No. I know, I know. <laughs> I do appreciate that they set up boundaries immediately because otherwise you probably would have stuff like, like yeah. Rizzolian Isles, right? Where the characters yeah, exactly. are best friends, but there's like the layer of subtext and of course like a huge fandom shipping them. You know what I mean? Like It's not a layer. It's like a thick, thick, frosting overdone <laughs> layer of get it on already too it's not just a layer it's like 12 layers no no no. it's like 69 layers there we go <laughs> yeah. so we, we actually we got a voicemail from kevin batchelder who's at the tuning into sci-fi tv podcast as well as the fey files and he had some comments some more general concept comments about friendship hey ladies it's kevin batchelder wanted to share some thoughts about the topic of uh, friendships on Lost Girl. Uh, obviously, we all know there's many to pick from. And, uh, you know, for me, it's most certainly, and you probably already know, this is going to be the Kenzie-Bow dynamic. Uh, you know, since I've been uh, on board with Kenzie as, as one of my favorite characters from very early on, as we discussed a little bit on Twitter the other day, you know, very much enjoying her and watching that Bow-Kenzie relationship develop. It's been pretty special. And there are some great ones on the show. I don't want to discount any of the ships or any of the other ones there, because there are so many. We could each go on for an hour. But uh, that's the one I'm going to focus on. You know, there have only been a small handful of shows over the years that I've watched where some of those characters and their relationships have really made an impact on me and really stuck with me. Certainly something like Buffy. Also Farscape, which I'm sure Annie would agree with. A great cast dynamic there and a great love, love story in that one as well. And also a show like uh, Legend of the Seeker, another personal favorite. So there have only been a few in all the shows I've watched over the years, like Lost Girl, that just absolutely hit me right in the gut uh, when I see things happen to those characters and relationships that it affects me that way. Uh, that's pretty special. Uh, you know. And I think we all realize we really have got something special with this show. So it's funny, thinking about this a little bit and, and doing a, a series rewatch again, it's kind of reminding me, making me a little a little sad that, uh, you know, the show will be going away with only a few more new episodes later this year. But we do have some great stuff to keep going back to, and I'm sure we all will. So uh, really looking forward to hearing your thoughts, because this, uh, this is some pretty special stuff. So Kevin, he mentioned a couple of things that I thought were pertinent. And Kevin's podcast, they do this thing, weekly question type of thing, where they ask various questions about particularly genre shows, because that's what they cover, but just generally. And the most recent one was about who do you, from various TV shows, do you imagine being either like your friend or your boyfriend or your husband or what have you? And Kevin talked about particularly wanting to be part of the gang and sort of like thinking of himself as the invisible, you know, seventh member, sixth member of the gang on a couple of TV shows, Buffy, one of them being Buffy, and the other one being Lost Girl. And that's really true for me, too. Like, I really would like to be part of the lost girl gang i kind of imagine like what what would I, what would my role be if i was there and there are very few shows that actually make me want to project myself into that main group and i think the fact that friendship is such an important piece of the relationships on this show is partially what facilitates my wanting to project myself into the gang on lost girl i know we've talked about this before but <laughs> back when we were talking about bomb girls when bomb girls was more recently on the air. That's another one. I'd like to be a bomb girl. Yes. Right. That's what mm -hmm. I was going to say is that I think that was, I, I know we've had discussions before where I was talking about how I would get to the last episode and I would immediately start watching the first episode again. Like I just start running through the episodes again because I wanted to spend more time with my friends. It felt like, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, it sounds a little crazy, but 
it's that it's that thing where there's just sort of that genuine because there is a genuine friendship in the show you know what i mean among the characters that you you sort of feel like you're part of it which is true of lost girl which is why I was like, we should do an episode on friendship. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny what you say about projecting, Stephanie, about project sometimes projecting yourself into a, a friendship that has been built so well within a world on a television show. And I see that with Lost Girl, although sometimes when I do that myself, I'm like, oh, if I were just myself, just plain old Annie with no powers or anything, I'd totally be dead in five minutes <laughs> because some underfate would eat me. <laughs> You know, but otherwise, if if I had some cool fey powers or something, then yeah, I'd totally like to hang out with the gang. I'd I'd like to have a one on one doctor session with Lauren, but both. So that's, that's how I not would about die. Friendship, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd totally die one way or another in the uh, Lost Girl world. So, but then would you feel <sighs> guilty for interfering with Docubus? With Docubus, Annie, since you yes, would be the then crystal, I, then, then? I'd die of guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be the crystal. Maybe I could just go out with Crystal then. Yeah. And then I get my bomb girls thing on too. So yeah. <laughs> I would totally go out with Crystal. Oh, anyway, sorry. This is not about leaves. This is not about leaves. <laughs> leaves. <laughs> the other thing that Kevin mentioned, which we have mentioned as well, is of course the importance and the wonderfulness and the amazingness of the friendship between Bo and Kenzie. And I'm just going to say up front, as I was trying to plan this episode, I realized that Bo and Kenzie's relationship would be better served by them getting their own episode because I was looking at our notes and we were listing sort of significant moments in the friendships of these various pairings. And for, for Bo and Kenzie, the first bullet was the entire series. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to cover. <laughs> Did I write that? I forget. I think you did. <laughs> it sounds like I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Bo and Kenzie, they're going to get their own episode in which we talk about their relationship later down the road. Also, for time's sake, we're only going to be talking about friendships between the main characters on the show, meaning Bo, Kenzie, Lauren, Dyson, Trick, Hale, and Tamsin. It just, it could get unwieldy very quickly unless we put that kind of structure on around our topic today. Look for an, a more fleshed out episode about Bo and Kenzie later on, but of course we have to talk about them a little bit here. I wanted to read a piece of a comment that Pam left on our last episode where we talked about food for thought. And I thought it, it, it was about food for thought, but I thought it was just really a great comment about Bo and Kenzie's friendship. So I wanted to read this. I think that the deep friendship between Kenzie and Bo is what really struck me as different and special about this show. Without their bond as outsiders, both to the Fae world and society at large, it would fall flat. It was so refreshing to see two women complement and support one another rather than compete for a man's attention. Added with the provocative sexuality, there just wasn't anything like it on TV. And there still isn't. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I can think of. Well, added with the provocative sexuality, no. (laughs) (laughs) but no i i do agree though this this type of friendship between women is still sadly very rare on television and and i think she really hits on it and this is something that both anna silk and ksenia solo have mentioned a bunch the fact that bowen and kenzie are not competitive with each other because this is often the thing with female characters on tv shows is they have this competition usually over men or at least fueled by some sort of conflict about a man. And that's just not the case between the two of them. And it makes me so happy. (laughs) Well, there's not a bunch of, 
you know, yeah, like you said, sexual tension of cattiness and pettiness of fighting over men or fighting over stupid stuff. Yeah. So Bo and Kenzie, super important to the show. We will talk about them more probably once season five is finished airing so we can discuss their entire arc of their friendship. So more to come on Bo and Kenzie, but there's still tons to talk about in regards to friendships on on Lost Girl. Because really, if you stop and you think about Kenzie... Chris, Chris said this before we started recording, and I liked it a lot. Do you want? Do you do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Do you want to repeat yourself about Kenzie's role on the show? Oh, Kenzie is the friendship glue of the show. She is. Yes, she just holds everything and everybody together. That's the glue. Exactly, because if you think about it, what's your favorite Kenzie friendship? And it just they just keep popping up in your head because you're like Bo and Kenzie, of course. But then there's. Kenzie and Dyson, and there's Kenzie and Trick, and there's Kenzie and Tamsin, and there's there's Kenzie and Hale before they start dating. Like she, Kenzie just has there's Kenzie and Lauren. You know, there's Kenzie just has these really special, amazing relationships with everybody on the show, and their affection for Kenzie generally across the board is really what kind of binds the group together in a lot of episodes. But let's talk a little bit about. Dyson and Kenzie's friendship, because this is something that's been pretty prevalent in the show since the beginning of the series. And we really talked about it quite a bit is that like the burgeoning of Dyson and Kenzie's friendship in in Food for Thought in in our episode 97, which if you haven't listened to, you can find over at drinksofthedoll.com slash 97. And and this is where, you know, Kenzie's ill and Dyson promises to sort of stay with her and comfort her while she's feeling feeling poorly and it just that tender relationship that they have with each other it just gets better and better as the the series goes on as it would right i mean mm-hmm. more shared experiences and whatnot speaking of shared experiences you know they have that really revelatory wonderful bond that i think that they form in original skin in episode 209 where they do the body swap well, uh, I always wonder she, when Bo and Woods's body ask Kenzie and Dyson's body, you know, what else is going on, and she says, "I can't tell you," because she's respecting Dyson and his privacy and his feelings for Bo. You know, there are things I can't even tell you that you can't share with their best friend. So that, to me, always spoke volumes about the relationship between Kenzie and Dyson. Because that body swap, I you know, that was the moment where Kenzie got an insight into Dyson that she probably wouldn't have gotten any other way because, you know, Dyson's an oversharer, right? He, he's just talking about himself all the time, putting his feelings out. <laughs> wait a minute. That that took me a minute to figure out. I'm all, wait a minute. She's kidding, right? Sorry, that's just me. I'm kidding. I'm all, wait, that's wrong, Stephanie. Okay, she's thank you. She's saying thank you. the opposite of what she actually I, I know, means. I know, I know. It's a thing. It's me, joke sniper. I just take everything too literally. Well, yeah. to be fair to you, Andy, Dyson, I think, is a lot better about talking about his feelings nowadays. Yes, he, is. he, he has gotten better. Yeah, but yes. back in season two, Two. But not, not in season two. No. Yeah. no. And, and you know, I think Kenzie being Kenzie, she was totally on Bo's side through this whole thing where Dyson dumped her. And, and But with this body swap and original skin, you really see that compassion for Dyson come forth in Kenzie. And she gets an understanding of him that nobody else has. Well, because there's that, I mean, until then, there's that whole thing of, you know, you hurt my best friend or my best friend mm-hmm. is hurting. And right. as far as I know, it's because of you. So... I have to take her side because <laughs> she's my best friend. So like, oh, are we going to hate him now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, cause he is being a jerk as they say. In he season. was, yeah. he was being very 
Broodtuitous. As they call him in season four, he was being mopey dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Kenzie being on Bo's side had consequences when she did the whole Baba Yaga thing, or whatever. You know. I know Yaga. I'm saying it wrong. But a Baba Yaga thing. I know I added an extra syllable in there. Baba Yaga. Were you going for, like, Yogaba Gaba? Or what? Yeah, Yogi Bear? I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, Lost Bow Riders. Baba I Yagaba. have destroyed your creation. <laughs> More like you need to apologize to, like, Slavic people everywhere. Like... <laughs> Any Slavic listeners? <laughs> we should I'm nickname Annie Baba Yagaba. <laughs> It'd be good. I'm sorry, but but yes, consequences I'm for shout Dyson. that at you at Dragon Con. <laughs> she's you know she's six Baba Yaga on Dyson because she hurt Bo because he hurt Bo. Excuse me, not anyway. You knew what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so you know she she was definitely taking Bo's side, but then the body swap gave her a better understanding, and then it leads to. Kenzie basically saving Dyson a ton of times in the end season two, right? Because in yes. Lachlan's Gambit, she goes back for him after he stays to take on all of the the Garuda's henchmen. I'm forgetting what they're called at the moment. Uh, Berserkers. Because That's the what they Bam are. Bam, the Wham Wham Bam Bam Billy Gloves didn't work from Flintstones. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I hate those things. I know you do. I know you do. Clearly, worst prop ever. Clearly, in the, show. the prop master realized how silly they look because they did not appear subsequently in any episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she saves him in Lachlan's Gambit, and then she saves him again in the following episode, in Into the Dark, where she's like, "Snap out of it! You need to go get your love back. You are not who you should be without it." And confronts the Norn with the chainsaw, and it's awesome. But I feel like Kenzie as a friend. That's she does that a lot, right? She's she is saving people even though they didn't ask her to do it just because she can see they need help. And sometimes she does yeah. it in like a confrontational way, the way she does it with Dyson. Sometimes she does it in a more gentle way. But Kenzie, I feel like she's when it comes to her being a friend to people, she's very observant and she can see when people need help and she gives it to them. Would y'all say that's fair? Yes, that is true. Okay. I'm trying to think of when that backfires, you know, when she gives help and it just doesn't work. Because usually it comes I, I, through pretty good. I guess the good, Baba you know? Yaga episode, it backfires on her. She's trying to yeah. help Bo, but it, it ends up kind of cursing them. and But yeah. she sacrifices herself and Bo comes and gets her, even though she's afraid of drowning. Anyway. <laughs> to me, it always seems like the Kenzie and Dyson friendship started after Dyson goes toothbrush and then Kenzie does her little dance. Can't, I can't she do thinks it. But it uh, <laughs> yeah. And then she sees the wolf junk. <laughs> yeah. She was very oh, excited about she that. She was very excited about the wolf junk. I got the wolf junk, babe. But season, season four, we also see Kenzie going into the fray to save Dyson again in Lafayette Polk after he's been yeah. imprisoned by the, the Unamens. Oh, Ken- why, why did they send in Kenzie? Vulnerable little Kenzie. But of course she went because it, she's Kenzie. And then Kenzie saves everybody at the end. That's why they sent she's her. Kenzie. Yes. So Kenzie and Hale. I, I've mentioned several times. I loved Kenzie and Hale's sidekick buddies friendship that they had, especially in season one, but in season two, as well. And obviously, eventually in season four, they begin dating. So it turns into a different type of relationship. But I just love Kenzie and Hale's friendship that we see in the beginning. It's so funny, because usually I'm concentrating on 
Bo and Lauren in the background trying to really? see if they're out of focus. She's at concentrating the end of on the invisible docubus sex that she imagines is going on in the <laughs> Yes, Exactly. <laughs> and the eye sex and everything. But you you don't know how many times I've tried to go, you know, with that handshake that Hale and Kinsey are doing. What? Yeah. And going, mm-hmm. There's no way I could do that. That's just too complicated for me. But I, I love how that came off. She reminds him, you're reasonably important yourself, so make sure you take care of yourself. <laughs> that handshake is so great. It, it establishes just a new depth to their relationship without having to put a whole lot of screen time into developing it, if that makes sense. Like, But it, mm-hmm. it just reveals sort of the depth of the bond that they've formed. Because, like, yeah. how much did they have to practice doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In order to perfect it. Yeah. And and I kind of imagine them hanging out at the doll. Bo and Dyson are maybe at the end of the counter making out. They're, you know, doing ah, <laughs> gross yeah, gestures yeah. at each other <laughs> as they're doing it. And they get bored. And so they start coming up with some elaborate start handshake drinking. that they can do yeah. as friends. I'm now imagining Secret them like you. sitting off to the side playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why playing cards, but that's what I'm picturing now. <laughs> and I like how Hale in in season one, I think it's in Dead Lucky, he kind of gives Kenzie advice about being a sidekick. Like, dude, you're, you're the you're the sidekick here, and this is what this means. And Bo's always going to be going off over here, and you're going to be left over here. And and I think he's correct to a certain degree, but I, I like how Kenzie pushes back against that. Like, you know, I don't care what you think. I just care what Bo thinks. Because initially I thought, well, is Kenzie, oh, just going to be relegated to the sidekick role? And But to see her have this really fully formed friendship with Bo and then with everybody, and then for her to be that kind of character that does push back, that doesn't just go, oh, I'm here to kind of do the B-plot on the side, is really important, I think, to developing who Kenzie was, that she had that. You know, she's more than just, oh, the plucky sidekick comic relief, that she's really important to how everybody develops in the series. Was that the conversation where Hale mentions getting Dyson's leftover ladies? Yes. Ew. I know, I know. Disappointing Hale. Yeah, Hale was still kind of smarmy in season one. Mm. He even he even kind of is smarmy toward Kenzie in Dismembers Only. They go they break into the country club and it shows them hiding behind the desk and their hands are on the desk and you know, shows him kind of like his hand getting on top of her hand. She's like, hey, no, no. So Hale's still kind of smarmy in season one, but I, I their friendship really, for me, kind of kicks it up a notch in season two, because we get in I Fought the Fae and the Fae 1, episode 202, where Kenzie's expecting Bo to be completely depressed and needing an intervention, and so she drags Hale along. She's like, sidekick solidarity, you are going to help me deal with a depressed <laughs> succubus, and Bo's like swinging on a swing. He's like, I'm fine. Hi, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Serious repression, though. <laughs> and and and, uh. and uh, but Hale's like, I think this just needs to be between the two of you. But I like that he showed up, you know, and he Kenzie wanted him to show up and and sort of deal with this situation together. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can't go to your standard go to because mm-hmm. she's the problem, right? <laughs> or having the problem. I have a couple more favorite moments between Hale and Kenzie for me. In in it's a small moment, but in in the Baba Yaga episode in Mirror Mirror. Dyson makes some fairly derogatory comment toward Kenzie, and both he and Kenzie say at the same time, hey, and Kenzie looks at him and is like surprised that he sticks up for her and she kind of puts her hand on his shoulder. It's easy to miss, but it's it's a nice little moment where Kenzie's like surprised that she has somebody else in her corner besides Bo in the situation. 
Aw. Yeah. I need to go rewatch that. And then, of course, I love when he cures her hangover in <laughs> It's Better to Burn Out Than Fay Away. Marry me. <laughs> you drink too much. <laughs> nah, you drink too much. <laughs> well, I always liked the story between Hale and Kenzie and Death Didn't Become Him. That was really cute and how they worked together to deal with the Glaive's daughter. And you can kind of see it potentially crossing the line into what could be a future romance, because see, it's the first time Kenzie sees Hale's body. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Is staring at it. But just, I His love, amazing love, love that moment. <laughs> yes. I'm like, are those real? <laughs> what does Casey do in his off time? <laughs> but I, I love, love, love that moment at the end where he said, nah, I would, you know, I was just going to sell you. And then he, he jokes, silence, human. And, you know, they have that moment between them where he's just, you know, teasing her. And she hits him and he goes, ow! And he smiles, that wonderful smile that Casey has. And uh, I just love that moment between them. Yeah. I love that whole storyline. There's great friendship moments between Hale and Kenzie in, in the first two seasons for me. But in regards to, like, Kenzie and Trick's friendship, it definitely, I think, also gets a kickstart in Food for Thought where he's Trick is taking care of Kenzie when she's sick. But it, I think it really gets established in The Morning After where Kenzie is helping Trick find the coin that he's lost. However, I kind of feel like the relation that friendship has been tested in recent seasons, especially in season four. He makes that nasty comment to her in, in Destiny's Child, pointing out, you know, oh, the human. No. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Of if, course, that's after she steals from him, yes, too. After, yes, true. She's been stealing from him at the beginning yeah, of season yeah. four. But I don't know. Do y'all think they're still they still have a friendship there? Do you think it's been a little tried and it's not as strong as it was? Well, I think a lot of things with Trick might not be as strong as they were, because as we've mentioned, you know, he's Trick. You know, when is he going to always tell the, tr the full truth or things like that? So, unfortunately, the the writing has suffered a little bit when it comes to Trick's relationships, because there's so many to keep track of. I don't know if it's that the writing has suffered. It just seems like Trick has so many secrets, as you were just saying. I mean, there's so much going on with Trick. It's hard to tell where Trick stands on anything. Mm -hmm. Well, it, let me rephrase it. It's just there's so much you need to fit into 44 minutes and that sometimes it's it's like we have to take care of this, this, and this first. And they kind of ran out of a little bit of room. I feel like the bond between Trick and Kenzie started to become tested in season three, even though he makes that gesture in the ceremony where he says, you know, if Bo doesn't come out of the dawning, I would be happy to take you in at, because I think of you as family. But this is also in the same season where Trick's kind of anti-human sentiment has become more obvious. The way that he talks to Hale about, about Kenzie, you know, she's not one of us. The way that we sort of see him talk about Lauren at times, you know, when he's telling Dyson, you know, she's human, her life only is so long, maybe be patient when it comes to Bo. So I feel like since season three, Trick has been, just the characterization of him has kind of called into question my, my perception, I guess, of Kenzie and Trick's relationship. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems a bit more closed off than he used to be. You know, I always love that grandfatherly side of him. And since season three, we haven't seen that as much, where he's more open to Bo, open to Kenzie, etc. You know, hopefully it won't always be, oh, because the Unimens are coming, or because, you know, all these, we have to do what we, you know, he's very strict with Hale when he becomes Ash. You do what you can do, even if it's more than you can bear. And he, you know, has 
uh, he influences Hale to basically sacrifice a big part of his friendship with Kenzie. Yeah, seeing that trick side of trick for me was pretty tough. You know, in the beginning, they didn't really know each other that well. Right. Trick was pretty shady in season one, and it wasn't until later that we find out that Trick is family, essentially. You know, which changes the dynamic a little bit. But then, yeah, in season, really even in season three, it sort of, things get weird again because Trick does start with the sort of, not necessarily anti-human, but them and us kind of right. talk. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard to know how to feel about Trick and Trick's relationship with humans, essentially. But a new friendship that really emerged in season four, which I know a lot of people, including me, really enjoyed, was the friendship between Kenzie and Tamsin. And I thought about this for a while because I feel like they have almost a mother-daughter type of relationship. Tamsin literally called her mom. Yeah, but I, I still think it counts as a friendship. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna file it yeah. under this. Kenzie and Tamsin, even though Kenzie it raises her to an extent, well, she does. She raises her in, in season four. I feel like it's more of a big sister, little sister dynamic more than mother and daughter. So I, I think it counts as a friendship. Are y'all comfortable oh, yeah, with I calling totally it a do. friendship? Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I like seeing Kenzie really take Tamsin under her wing, especially in Let the Dark Times Roll. Like that that is some quality Kenzie Tamsin stuff going on in that episode. <laughs> because of course Kenzie would teach her a dance routine. Yes. Yeah. Well that's the thing, because it calls back what we saw in a previous episode and it became useful in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we just said that a dance routine became useful, I think is exact exactly the reason why I love Lost Girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Useful season four dance was routines. a season of dancing. But I just, I love what Rachel Scarson said about, she said once at a con about shooting that scene with the dance. She goes, oh, and Ksenia's so great. She's just killing it. And she's got all this training. And me, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go for it because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And so she was like the exact opposite of what Ksenia was doing. But she does so, it so brilliantly. It, it just, that was perfect. It came off so well. Yes. Yeah. It was just, oh. That was perfect so for that scene. Oh. But again, it was pretty good. I think this, we, we see again, Tamsin was somebody who needed help, right? And and so Kenzie, yeah. being Kenzie, was the one who was there to help her and, and sort of guide her along like a little baby duckling until she was able to find her own feet again. Well, because Kenzie and Bo, both protectors of lost souls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so lovely and affecting in Dark Horse where we see Tamsin's reaction to when Kenzie died, when she's felt she's on the ground after having walked into the portal, and that moment where she goes over to her and you know leans over her and spreads her wings over her, it's it's just it's really lovely. It's not lovely. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so we just say it is deeply affecting. There we go. Okay, yeah. fine. It's it's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> it was lovely after I watched it and had to get all my feels out. Yeah, because because it took me a while to really go. Well, why is it Tamsin that runs to? Kenzie first, but it's just different reactions because Bo's in complete shock. But to, it is great to see that's how much Kenzie has affected Tamsin. The mother daughter bond. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of. And from a story writing standpoint, that relationship that they cultivated between Kenzie and Tamsin, that was essential to pulling Tamsin from an outsider status to the group into the group. 
for season five. You know, developing that close relationship between Kenzie and Tamsin brought her in the fold, so to speak. Because this is Kenzie's role. Because friendship on the show. glue. Yes. Friendship glue. Plus, they watch Sex Files together. <laughs> That's right. For a second, I thought you said Sex Files. I'm all, what? <laughs> Which porn were they watching? Because <laughs> you know, there's Awkward. some there is some porn out there called Sex Files. You know there is. From talking about Kenzie, we then have to talk about Lauren. Because Yay. Lauren is pretty, <laughs> when it comes to friendships, is pretty much the antithesis of Kenzie. Because with Kenzie... These friendship on the sh- friendships on the show come fairly easy to her. She's, you know, she's making connections. She's the friendship glue. She's holding the group all together. Whereas Lauren, she is very much an outsider until pretty much season three or four. You know, she these friendships that she forges with people on the show, besides Bo, they're really hard won and hard fought. They start out very antagonistic. Well, and I mean, Kenzie's like a very outgoing extrovert. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lauren is not. No. Yeah, Lauren's got her science and her smarts, but it doesn't make her, you know, she's not a social butterfly. And she's in, even though she's human, she's in a completely, she starts out in a completely different position within the Fey world than Kenzie. Kenzie has, is under Bo's protection, but has more freedom to, you know, come and go as she pleases, but she chooses to stay with Bo, whereas. Lauren is enslaved and has no choice, you know, and hasn't had one for five years, you know, from the time the series started. Well, and the way that Lauren is accustomed to interacting with people is professional. She mm-hmm. has been very yeah. isolated from from people for five years. It, it's, uh, it, it doesn't seem like she's had really any friends in that time period. You know, she's she's pretty much just working and trying to cure the coma that her girlfriend's been in. When we, when she starts encountering these new people, you know, she forms obviously an attraction, a relationship with Bo, which puts her then in conflict with both Kenzie and Dyson. So since we talk about, we've been talking about Kenzie, the relationship between Kenzie and Lauren, I think is partially antagonistic because they're just such different people. You know, mm-hmm. Lauren's this very orderly and reserved type of person. Kenzie's this very outgoing and just sort of blah type of person. <laughs> and I'm going to fiddle with your medical equipment. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And drive stuff. Very expensive crazy. medical equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly they're very different people. But I do think that Kenzie sees Lauren as a threat to her relationship with Bo in a way that she doesn't see that same threat with Dyson. Do you all think that's fair? Or do you think it's pr- it's just the fact that they're so different from each other? No, I think that's fair. And I'd, again, I don't know if it was so much of a question of ships of Kenzie being more on Team Dyson. No, but I it don't was, mean it in that way. But, yeah. you know, it's not that I'm saying she, you know, she wants Bo to date Dyson over Laura. I think that is there. But I, I think, like, she perceives Lauren as potentially jeopardizing her relationship with Bo if they dated more than if Bo were dating Dyson. Well, I mean... I love how it all is epitomized in Confagion when they talk about their differences and how frustrating it is for them when Lauren is saying you just bounce from bounce through life one beer to the next, no plan, no nothing. You're totally the opposite of me. You know, you don't have a job and you just skip through life where it, was, it might have been so much more difficult for Lauren, you know, that she had to really work for what she had. 
So, and then Kenzie, in her sense, assumes, oh, your life has been so much better than mine because of your medical degree, and you're, you're potentially, you know, you're in a different social strata than me. You've never had to make it out on the street. And I love how all that frustration is kind of encapsulated in that one conversation, but then they're like, well, we still agree. We both love Bo, and that's our, we both want the best for her, and that's where they kind of meet and say, well, enough of this antagonism. That's a good point. There's is that conflict of class that they really point out in Confagion. Yeah. This, this idea that Lawrence is very educated doctor versus Kenzie, who ran away and grew up as a street kid. So that's that's a good point. Yeah, I guess it could be one of two things or some combination of two things. One, I think it's possible that Kenzie's sort of thinking, well, you know, if Lauren and Bo are in like an actual permanent relationship. Would Lauren take Kenzie's place as Bo's non-romantic girlfriend also? Right. I guess that's potentially in play. Another thing would be, okay, if Lauren's hanging around all the time, you know, Lauren and Kenzie don't really get along. Would that mean if Lauren's here, I can't be here, as opposed to if it was Dyson, because then we can all hang out because, you know, Dyson and Kenzie get along better. Right. He gives her foot massages. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's just also a question of, yeah, Kenzie's like, would would I lose my place? Would I have to go even back out onto the streets or something? But that's why Kenzie and Bo relate, because it came from, I think, similar social backgrounds. Where they both had to run away at a young age and both had to learn how to survive under very trying circumstances. But the fact that Lauren and Kenzie bond that the way the way that they do in Confagion, like you mentioned, Annie, is one of the reasons why that episode is one of my favorites. Because, you know, all through seasons one and two, I just keep thinking, like, Lauren and Kenzie, you are natural allies. You are humans who spend most of their mm-hmm. time in the Fey world where you are not you know, you, you don't have a lot of power here. You are you are second-class citizens in this world that you inhabit. But this conflict, both, I think, a personality conflict and a bit of jealousy about where they stand in regards to in Bo's life, keeps them from forming that friendship. And so I love in Confagion, where they finally kind of come to an understanding between the two of them. I love that moment where, where Lauren's just like, you know, and I love her, meaning, but, you know, and I love her. And Kenzie says, I know. And just in the way that Ksenia Solo reacts in that moment, you can see her frustration. It's like she's torn between her loyalty to Bo. Obviously, she wants people in Bo's life who loves Bo the way that she does. But at the same time, she's like, I find you so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then in the next episode, she's like, well, I loves me. I loves me some more. Yeah. You know, so you can see that it's the friendship is building and it's become less antagonistic from there. And, you know, then it, everybody, le- you know, I really like that moment at the beginning of season four, even if Lauren isn't in 401 a lot, where Kenzie calls Lauren. And I remember we all cheered when she, when Kenzie stood up for Lauren to trick, when he was talking mm-hmm. crap about her defecting to Taft and running away. And she, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, she's, Lauren, she's just awkward and formal and trying to make, like, <laughs> yay, Kenzie finally understands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That was a yeah. good, that was a nice moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember specifically about Confasion, I think at that point in the series, I remember reading interviews with both Ksenia and Zoe Palmer that they had even said to the writers or had mentioned, they're like, well, this antagonistic relationship between Kenzie and Lauren, it's gone on for a couple seasons. Can we 
you know, they were kind of hinting, can we resolve it? Or can we, you know, they were saying enough already. Right. Let's, you know, we really want them to be friends because it should be, as you say, kind of a natural path. So I really like how it's developed in later seasons. But as you say, it's, from the beginning, it's been a very, that's been one of a few relationships that's been very hard fought and won for Lauren. Yeah. And I did like in 310, in Delinquents, where Lauren says to Kenzie, she's still our beau, right? Because they have this whole thing where they're both worried about her. So I kind of like that. After the dawning, yeah. They bond further over that, that there's sort of an acknowledgement that even if we don't always get along, we're we're allied in our love for Bo, which of course is nothing new, but it's it's nice when they acknowledge it, I think. Yeah. They also have that kind of a nice conversation in of all the gym gin joints where Bo and Lauren are kind of on the rocks at this point, and Kenzie goes over to Lauren's house to to ask her for help. And I wish there was more Kenzie Lauren stuff. I wish there had been more <laughs> in season four. I know. But you know, there's this where, where Kenzie says to Lauren, "Like Bo misses you. We all do." I'm like, oh, <laughs> Kenzie cares Kenzie about cares. Lauren. Lauren. So speaking of another hard one friendship, we have we have Lauren and Dyson. And I feel like their relationship really began to thaw toward the end of season two after they both lost somebody that they loved. Lauren lost Nadia. Dyson lost Kiara. And Lauren comes to comfort him in and in into the dark in the, at Kiara's funeral. I do like that scene and how sort of confused about it Dyson is. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're buying me a drink, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I like that Lauren was the one who initiated that because Dyson had been so hostile toward her. You know, I like that Lauren was the one who waved the white flag and like, okay, this is a tough time for you. It's been a tough time for me. We can we can share in this experience together. Because again, like Kenzie, you know, Lauren Dyson, Lauren and Dyson really have so much in common. <laughs> Especially at this point, having been in love with Bo, but not, you know, being able to have Bo or whatever. They really do have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Which we wouldn't initially think, because normally you just see the fey human divide between them, mm-hmm. and normally that's all Dyson sees, or that's all Trick would see, or even Lauren herself would see, saying, well, I, to think to herself, well, I'm just inferior because I'm just a human, and I'm so easily discardable. I feel like that conversation that they have in Into the Darkest is answered, in a way, in Delinquence, where Lauren has just asked Bo to take a break, and she's, you know, having a drink at the bar, and or she's just sitting at the bar, I don't remember which, but Dyson comes and like has a drink with her and they commiserate over being in love with Bo and losing Bo. And I, I like that as sort of a, a bookend to when Lauren approaches Dyson when he's upset. Oh, I definitely remember of thinking way. of it as sort of a mirror mm-hmm. to that scene. Because as I recall, Dyson actually grabs a couple of glasses and a uh, and the bottle of booze and pours them. That's what I thought. Drinks, I, I so. think Lauren was just maybe having a glass of wine or something, and she, he pours them like a couple of shots or something like that. But yeah, yeah, he does. It's a very friendly gesture that he makes. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That's very cool. Yeah. Because yeah. I also think it's sweet. And I know some people have issues with this scene in Flesh and Blood, but I think it's sweet in Flesh and Blood where he talks to Lauren about the fact that we don't have an ash. Things are going to be confused for a while. You could make a run for it. Like, this would be a good time for you to make a run for it, to have your freedom. I know that's important to you. And I know some people think it's, he's trying to get Bo all to himself because now he loves her again. But I don't read that into the scene. I do think that's a gesture of friendship on Dyson's part because he's trying to think of what Lauren wants. But I don't know. What do, what do y'all think? No, 
I agree. I didn't think of it that way, that Dyson was trying to have Bo to himself until I read those comments later. But I just I think, to me, personally, it comes away in how Chris Holden Reed interprets that line. He's got a very kind face and can, you know, have just... It's all in his expression with his eyes and how he's just emoting to her. And I think he's just being genuine. Just saying, look, this seems to be a natural progression of what you would want, and now this is an opportunity for you if you want it. She's, he's pointing something out, and she's like, well, thank you. I think it's a genuine kind of friendship moment between them. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I don't know that there's any reason to think that he's trying to make her get lost. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible that that's in his mind, right. but I don't think that's his primary motivation. Right. No, I think that's a fair way to put it. It's possible that's that's there partially, maybe even subconsciously for himself. But mm-hmm. me personally, I don't see that as his primary more motivation in that moment. And I like that moment between the two of them where, because again, I genuinely feel like he's trying to help her. Like, you could be free now. This is a good time yeah. for you to try to be free if you want it. Yeah, just the way he says those lines. He's like, run, be free. You know, it's a really soft way. He just almost whispers those lines. And I just think, you know, oh, he's being so sweet. Because, like, really, in the context of what we know of Dyson, he, Dyson is supposed to be serving the Ash. So, really, Dyson shouldn't be telling her this. Right. This is something, yeah. like, between the two of them. Yeah. Not to mention, he's the lone wolf, and he's struck out from his pack before, so it's not like he doesn't know what that feels like. Right. But I think we get some really great Lauren and Dyson bonding moments in Season 4, of course, starting with, with Groundhog Fay. Well, I could have let, I, I mentioned this when we talked about Groundhog Fay. I could have used a little more lead up to them being so friendly in that episode. It's, of course, just delightful to see them have their, you know, drunken bonding time with Vex. Well, I think maybe the reason why they had no lead up as much as you would have wanted, Stephanie, is because, um, is because it was brought on by, by alcohol and we just didn't see all the drunkenness beforehand. Was it the alcohol or was it the choga sweat? Because I think it was the choga sweat. Oh, yeah, the choga sweat. Ew. Yeah, gross. But yeah, it's a lot of drunkenness, but drunkenness brings out feeling. You know, it's a lot of that was building under the surface. I love when, it, you know, it all comes up. It's not just the question of the box and everything, but finally when Drunk Vex says, but the point is you don't hate each other anymore. And that's the whole crux of the conversation. Not even should we or shouldn't we tell Bo about the box. It's about this is where our relationship is, you know, between Dyson and Lauren and that they don't have this antagonistic relationship anymore. I think Chris Holden Reed was saying at a recent con that that scene took like, like six or eight hours to shoot. So they really did have to improvise after a while. And that's what I loved about that scene because it did look so natural after a while. And it did look like somewhat improvised because even though I know they have a script they have to stick to and everything, but it just, they just played it so well. And after a while I'm like, man, wouldn't that be fun? I know they don't do this on set, but wouldn't it be fun? But after a while, when you have so many freaking takes and angles and camera setups, if they did put real alcohol in the bottles, but (laughs) I know they can't. So (laughs) after that, I'd be like, give me some real wine. Come on. Of course, after a certain amount of time and you're filming in the middle of the night, I think punchiness takes the place of of drunkenness. Maybe that's what Choga Sweat really is. It's just extreme tiredness. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. It could be. I'm kidding. And then they finally just admit to themselves, oh, it's okay. I like you. You know, it's cool. They hug it out. I love how they they hug it out and do it so (laughs) drunkenly. I love it. 
And then they <laughs> do drunken like, hands. Like, come here, come here, <laughs> come here, come here. And Lauren's kind of like, yeah, I'd rather not, <laughs> but okay. She's, she's leaning over the box. It's this very awkward hug. <laughs> it is an awkward hug, but it's sweet. And it's been so great to to see that develop. I think in the following episode too, in Destiny's Child, where they're they're teaming up to go after Bo. They have that wonderful moment in Dyson's locker room. I, I think that's in the gym at where he lives now, His apparently. Whatever. locker room. Yeah. Right, where, where he gives her the knife and he's like, you know, if I were Bo, I'd, I'd have a hard time deciding too. Like, aww. Sweet, Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like how later on that episode they were able to sort of tease each other about their mutual affection for Bo. Because when she <laughs> blows a kiss, you know, before she goes off with the crows... I can't remember who it was, but one of them says, that was for me. And the other was like, well, you wish. Yeah, Lauren says, that was for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Dyson's like, yeah, keep dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, talking about Lauren, Dyson, and Kenzie, we have in Waves, where they go on that delightful caper together after the mermaids, which I feel just really cements their their relationships that they have with each other. I think from now on, we should just refer to it as the mermaid caper. The mermaid caper. Yes. And he likes it when I use the word caper. And and that I love that Lauren's first concern is to clean out Dyson's dirty gym. <laughs> and that they can't hear him over the microphone. Sorry. Disinfecting. <laughs> yeah, Dyson should have known better than to leave Lauren alone in his Lauren gym. Lauren alone. <laughs> Comes back. Why is it so sparkling clean and so disinfected? So speaking of Dyson. I was trying to think of when it comes to Dyson and his friendships, and and this is, I think, true of all of his relationships, but loyalty, I think, is what really defines Dyson's friendships with people. Because he has clearly a, a friendship with, with Trick and, and his loyalty to the Blood King and what he sort of represents and his goals, I think, is really what defines their relationship, at least through the first four seasons before he pledges his fealty to Bo. Right, and I'm glad we finally got to see the the origins of that relationship in La Fea Poke. Yeah, I really love that scene where he pledges to Trick and realizes who he is. Right. It sets Dyson on a path from his previous philandering and just not caring about much besides money and women to really giving him a purpose in his very long life up until this point after he's left the pack and has been kind of just wandering around by himself. And I always have somewhat torn feelings about the friendship between Dyson and Trick because while I, I appreciate it, I and I think that Chris Holden Reed and Rick Allen do a great job developing it. When we talked to Rick, he talked about coming up with some sort of gesture that he and and Chris could do to flesh out the depths of their relationship and, and they do that thing where they touch forearms. I think it's very clear that these men are affectionate with each other, they have a long history together. I like when they're drinking doing a cheers and drinking drinking together at the end of Fade Day. But at the same time, we see Trick encouraging Dyson to behave in not great ways a lot of the time. He does this with Hale, too. I like I can appreciate Dyson's relationship and, and affection for Trick, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, Trick, you're telling him to do something that I really disagree with. Right, because he spends the entire first season sort of like, get close to Bo, but not that close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then- Too close. Too Lauren's, close. Put your pants Lauren's on. Just a human. Too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no pantslessness. No wolf pantslessness. Crystal yeah. would hate him. So. <laughs> yeah. Crystal's like, I don't even own pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trick's like, Well, Lauren's got a short lifespan anyway, and 
you know, they're just humans, and Tamsin's just a... What, what does that have to do with his relationship know. with Dyson? <laughs> no, I was just saying, that's what he's saying to... That's what Trick is saying to Dyson. Well, he doesn't say the thing about Tamsin to Dyson, but he does say the stuff about, oh, okay. about Lauren to Dyson. You're right. Yeah. But, you know, it is nice to see Dyson talking about his problems with Trick. I, I do like that we see conversations mm, with between... anybody. Yeah. <laughs> conversations between men where they kind of talk about their problems. Because you don't see that a lot on yeah. TV. Yeah. But like you said, Annie, it's still frustrating when, when I hear Trick tell him to do things where I think, no, <laughs> don't do that, Dyson. <laughs> Don't engineer this thing where Bo catches you making out with another waitress. Not that Trick told him to do that, but Ugh. still, like, don't do that. <laughs> well, but Trick told him something that Made led him, him to, to do, do that. that. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not Trick's fault. No. But. Dyson could have done that in a more adult way, but. <laughs> You're a thousand years old. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that sometimes with Dyson. Yeah. He has, though. He has, though. I, th- I think, really, Dyson has yes. matured a lot in his ability to have relationships with people since the show began i agree because he's he was a lone wolf secretly allied with trick but now he has all these friends and people he cares about he's got his he's got his family his dysfunctional weird family but dyson and hale is obviously a relationship that was very foundational at the beginning of the series and they have a fairly common buddy buddy relationship there's a lot of hale telling dyson about women that he's hooked up with and vice versa but I I really do like these moments of of t- real t- tenderness that we see between the two of them. You know, I I like when when Hale gets Dyson out of custody at the beginning of season two, <laughs> where he's like, "So, detective, what do you have to say for yourself?" And Dyson just said, "He started it." <laughs> and Hale just laughs and hugs him. <laughs> but it's rough to see them fighting in season two as well because they they get in that conflict after Dyson sleeps with with his sister and and thinking about Dyson in terms of loyalty and loyalty being very important to him it it does kind of make sense why that would be such a big deal for him to do that and right i mean it's very clearly Dyson acting out yeah yeah well it's the whole not having his love thing and set him on a not so great path and but i i kind of like that they did have that friendship kind of disintegrate to that point and then they had to build it back up again because that's what friendships are mhm you know, that it's a bit messy and it's not always going to be smooth sailing. Right. But I do like that they, they had a fight, but they were able to come back from it. Yeah. And I particularly love at the end of season two when Trick was, was killed for the purposes of killing the Garuda. And then Bo is able to bring him back with the, you know, the essence that Trick gave her. And when Trick comes back to life, like Dyson and Hale, they just embrace. They like they laugh and they embrace each other because they're so happy. That trick is yeah. is alive, and I love that moment Such between. A brotherly the two. Yeah, hug. I love that moment between yeah. the two of them. It's a cute guy hug. <laughs> it's like we're we're slapping each other a lot. There's some violence, so you know, it's still a manly straight guy <laughs> hug. <laughs> There's some violence. <laughs> I can't remember. Hilarious. Was it was it like a, an actual hug or was it like the the dude hug? No, it was an actual hug. They they hugged each other. Okay. Oh, it was an actual yeah. hug with a. You lot know what of I mean, slapping. though, right? Where where it's like the. The, yeah, the handshake that turns into, into like a half hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was a real hug. It was a real I hug. If I remember correctly, both arms were involved. They embraced each other. Okay. Yeah. Man hugs. Man hugs. Speaking of man hugs, there's there's <laughs> also, also that verging on homoerotic moment. <laughs> in, <laughs> Which I did not consider until I read comments. Huh? In Hail Hail, where Hail's getting ready for his 
not coronation, but when he's going to get be named the Ash, I forget the word that they use. Dyson shows up with a twig of Zamora to give to him, and it's in that little box, right? And he holds it up, and you can't really see it. And then Dyson like snaps the lid yes. closed before he pretty woman's yes, it. Yes, he pretty woman's yeah, it. Yes, pretty woman's <laughs> it. So I've seen lots of of gift sets where people have. They've taken the images, but of course they've changed the dialogue and have turned it into like Dyson proposing to Hale. And it totally comes off as kind of this, if not homoerotic, like homosocial moments between these two guys. And it's, I like it. <laughs> but isn't it like, I don't know if I, maybe it's just my mind putting it there. But when he opens the box, there's like a subtle glow coming from the box. A little bit. Whoa. Yeah. It's like that, it's like that Pulp Fiction briefcase. Yeah. And Hale saying, is that what I think it, it is? Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. <laughs> it's just so yes. cute. It's so funny. <sighs> I mean, it's obviously intentional. Yes. I think so. I yeah. think so. Which makes it better. Yeah. And then, of course, there's that, you know, for as much as Sleeping Beauty School bugs me, I, I do like that there's that moment between Dyson and Hale where Dyson really encourages Hale to go for it with Kenzie and to tell tell Kenzie how sh- how he feels. It's a sweet moment, I think, between the two of them and their friendship. But then, of course, another lovely but sad moment in their, in their friendship was the, the eulogy that Dyson delivered in Origin at the beginning of that episode, where he talks about never saying goodbye to Hale. Mm. And, and then Stephanie's like, I'm never going to say goodbye either. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I need to move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all start before tears start yeah. to shit. Yeah. Well, this this is actually kind of a good a good transition. Let's talk about Tamsin and Dyson because they have a fun dynamic. And you know me, you know me. I was, I was waiting for Stephanie to go and more. I'm Team Wolverine. <laughs> I love Tamsin and Dyson together as more than friends. But I can appreciate their friendship for what it is. <sighs> their faces should be on each other's faces. They should. <laughs> <laughs> and their faces should be on other places besides their faces. <laughs> yes, they should. <laughs> but I will say that Tamsin and Dyson, their buddy-buddy, you know, starts off as cop partners, friendships, starts off more as a, a reluctant, you know, oh, okay, I paired with you, the dark and the light. But I really, really like how their friendship develops. And to me, it's one of the most um, appealing aspects of Tamsin is their friendship with Dyson. I, I wish that there had been a maybe a bit more exploration of the tension between the two of them because it, Tamsin's been around for two episodes in Fade to Black and already they've developed this really lovely friend relationship, which I like, but I don't know. I wish that the writers had maybe mined the whole fact that Dyson has a lo- had a lot of prejudices toward Dark Fay back in the day. But anyway, but, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Fade to Black, they clearly have already started, started to form this partner relationship when they're up on the roof with the guy who wants to jump off and, and Tamsin's just like, whatever. And, and Dyson's saying, you're so bad at this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, I feel like Dyson's trying a bit harder to get the case Talk going. The guy and get down to- and yeah. Yeah. I feel like though that in that moment, he's trying a bit harder at their friendship almost. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to, whatever. You know, the case is the case. Let's move on to the next one. It's very brusque. It's very Tamsin-like, as she is in the third season. But yeah, I like how their dynamic has already been established, you could see, in that episode. Because by the end, she sees Bo tearing Dyson's heart open, even though he doesn't say anything. And 
Tamsin clearly can see he's upset and he she comes and she sits next to him and like, I know a place where the beer is cold and the women are beautiful. Let's go get a drink. Yeah. You know, wasn't it where the beer is cold and the women are hot? <laughs> the, the women are hot. I yeah. Yeah. phrased it more classily, but OK. <laughs> well, when is Tamsin totally classy? So I was not quoting but- her directly, you guys. <laughs> But you have but to there's, quote accurately. There's a parallelism in yes. the way she phrased it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cold and hot. Cold, Cold and hot. But I, I just think, I, I just think it's a great moment because she can see that he's in a lot of pain, and she's like, "Well, this is what I can do to cheer you up. Get your mind off it. Come on, buddy. Let's go. Because this is how I fix things with alcohol and women." <laughs> and then in season four, I think we really see evidence of, like I said, like Dyson's loyalty that he has to his friends kicking in. Because in In, in, in Memoriam, he talks about going to the same place every day to look for Tamsin to try to find her after they have that car wreck at the end of season three. Oh, that's another one of my favorite moments between the two of them. When he climbs into her truck in Those Who Wander, it's totally this super comfortable moment between the two of them like oh i'm just a buddy picking up another buddy who just ate a guy but you know we're just buddies yeah yeah <laughs> picking up a buddy who's picking somebody out of his, out of his teeth, teeth. <laughs> yep no big but we see we see dyson's loyalty to tamsin in the first episode where he's you know going back to look for her and he eventually finds her of course and then of course in at the end of season four where Tamsin's lying in front of the gates of Valhalla and Dyson comes together, comes to get her. And he's, he says something to the effect of, I'm not, I'm not leaving you behind again. And, oh, just got a little sad. (laughs) Of course, the question of how he knows where the gates of Valhalla are is a mystery, but that's okay. It's okay. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. It's a lovely little moment between the two of them, I think. Stephanie's like, I ship it so much. Why aren't their faces on each other's faces? I don't know, (laughs) but I always think in that moment where, Dyson picks Tamsin up and takes her away from the gates of Valhalla. Oh, I hope that Chris didn't throw his back out again, because it's on camera. That's what I'm thinking at that point. But it's a very gallant gesture, and I did like it. So Bo, I don't know if you noticed this, but Bo has complicated relationships on the show. And... (laughs) Really? (laughs) Besides Kenzie, it's difficult to talk about Bo's relationships as strictly friendships and it's not to say that lauren and dyson don't have friendship type moments with Bo. i think in in food for thought where lauren goes undercover with with Bo, and Bo is able to harness her abilities and she doesn't kill the guard and they high five i think that's a very friendship moment between the two of them but just the fact that there are all of these complicated romantic relationship elements also involved. It makes it difficult to talk about their relationships as just friends. I think given that we are discussing the relationships up through the end of season four, it's possible you could start to talk about Bo and Dyson's relationship as a friendship. I I think we saw more of that emerging in season four, but I don't want to make any predictions about where it might go in season five, obviously. But I do think looking back in season three and season four, there is a real friendship that emerges between Bo and Tamsin, even though I think it's clear, pretty clear in season four, if not in season three, that Tamsin might have more than just friendship type feelings toward Bo. I do think that they they do share a true friendship in seasons three and four. And I really like their their friendship. We actually we got a voicemail from Denise, and she was talking about Bo and Tamsin's friendship and i and i think she really hits on what i like about it 
Hi, this is Denise at MVGo005. This is a response to the Drinks at the Doll podcast for favorite friendship of the series. And my tip of the hat must go to Bo and Tamsin. I believe that they perfectly complement one another, and I think they are also perfect contemporaries. I think Tamsin is that no BS, no butter applied friend to Bo, and she is just far removed from Bo and the group to maintain her perspective. And I believe that is exactly what Bo needs at this juncture of her life as she pursues her destiny. Someone who pushes back and checks her behavior, but still will stand by her side. And I think we got a good example of that in um, oh, uh, the Kenzie scale. Right. That was the name of the episode. Right. Took me a mm-hmm. second, but I got there. Where, you know, everybody else is basically too close to the situation, you know, isn't sure why Bo is acting weird, but no, she's acting weird. But Tamsin, I think, being the outsider of the group is like, okay, maybe there's merit to this. Let's investigate. Yeah, and I think that's the beginning of their friendship between Bo and Tamsin, where Bo learns to let go of her distrust of Tamsin just because she's dark and sees that Tamsin can really be a valuable ally and friend. I don't know that it's so much because she's dark as it was that Tamsin was trying or was convinced that Bo was guilty of trying to kill somebody. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Duh, I forgot about that yeah, part. Yeah. Well, details. details. <laughs> and he forgets details besides the donkey but sex. What a shocker. But I don't have a know, drink to drink. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tamsin's bluntness, while I think initially it was a little abrasive for some viewers in the beginning of season three. It really still proves useful to Bo because it's just, she's there and she'll say it and she's not going to tiptoe around it. Like at the end of uh, dark horse at the end of season four. Right. Yeah. I was going to point to that too. There's that moment where Bo at the very beginning of dark horse, where Bo is very sad because you know, she's just seen Rainer be killed, et cetera, et cetera. And and Tamsin is the person that says oh, no. to her, snap out of it. You know, boo-hoo. Shit needs yeah. to get done. And <laughs> You want to be the queen? This is how we do it. And and that is something that I do really appreciate about the dynamic between Bo and Tamsin. And that's not the only time that we, we see her do that, being able to mm-hmm. kind of snap Bo back into what needs to, to happen. And I feel like, especially by season three, Tamsin's the only character who really will do that. Because, of course, Kenzie loves Bo as a friend of Bo. You know, Dyson and Lauren love Bo. They want to help Bo. But their relationship isn't really one where they are confrontational about to Bo about stuff on the regular, the way that, that Tamsin is. We see Kenzie calling Bo out for some bad behavior in season four as well. But Kenzie got to the very far end of her rope before she really would do that. I think she sees herself as somebody who's there to love Bo and support Bo and to help her through these times when she's being a bit of a jerk. She's not going to be the one to really call Bo out on her shit the way that Tamsin will. Do you think that's the same reason applies to Dyson and Lauren? That's why they don't call her out on stuff? I mean, what is the difference with Tamsin versus the other characters in the show? Well, personality for sure. I just don't think that's really part of Lauren's personality in particular. And I think there's also just a bit of, you know, I love this person. This person's a good person. They're going through something difficult, so I want to support them. And I don't know. I I think a lot of it, though, is just Tamsin's personality and how blunt she is generally with people. Mm -hmm. I think it is, it's a combination of personality and, like, the nature of the relationships. 
Well, and it could be that sometimes Dyson and Lauren's relationship with Bo is so tenuous or just so, you know, we want to keep this person in our lives. We don't want to rock the boat too much or, you know, that she's going through enough. So we'll find a different way to support her than just giving it to her straight the way Tamsin does. Because maybe they know Tamsin's there to serve that purpose anyway. So I do, I agree with, with Denise 100%. I really love that that aspect of Bo and Tamsin's relationship, that Bo, that Tamsin will, she's there obviously to like support Bo and help Bo, even though she's kind of nefarious in season three and working against her in certain ways. But ultimately, I think, I think Tamsin is there to like support Bo and be a friend to Bo, but she's not, she's willing to call Bo out when she's acting badly. Reality check. Yes, she's the reality yeah. check in the way that the other characters aren't usually. I also wanted to mention some favorite Bo and Tamsin moments of mine. Chris, you had mentioned in the Kenzie scale is I think where we see Bo and Tamsin's relationship begin to thaw in season three because they were so antagonistic, or at least Tamsin was toward Bo in the beginning of that season. But then when Tamsin is the only one who believes her, I think it leads them to both have kind of a new understanding about the other one. Right. And I think part of it is like, essentially, they both become sort of outsiders of the group in that episode. So. Right. Right. Because yeah. nobody believes Bo. Sadness. But in Phage Against the Machine, which is actually one of my favorite episodes of season three, we get an extended period of Bo and Tamsin interacting. And I feel like we see like a softer, more protective side of Tamsin emerge because, you know, Bo gets herself into this pickle and Tamsin could have left. Bo was tied to the Spriggan, but the Spriggan even tells her, you can leave. You don't you don't have to stay. But Tamsin sticks around, I think, because she realizes that Bo is in over her head here and she really helps her navigate the situation in which she's having to go into these areas of the Fae world that she knows very little about. Right. And I like how at the beginning of that episode, Tamsin's sort of like giving her some tough love, essentially, that that whole, you know, everybody's not being fully honest with you. Right. They're telling you the dawning's nothing, but it's terrible. Yeah. So I think that comes into play too. that whole knowing that, you know, they haven't necessarily fully prepared Bo. So being willing to look out for a little, which is nice. Like I said, it's one of my favorite episodes. So there's a lot of moments that I like from it, but it's kind of a small moment, but I like it when it's right after Bo has kind of snapped out of being drunk in Brazenwood and she's saying, oh, we need to find the pharmacist. And, and Tam's like, I've already found them. And she like grabs Bo's arm and starts leading her toward the pharmacist. I can't really explain why, but I really like that Tamsin does. It's like, it's okay. I've taken care of you. Come this way. <laughs> I don't know. I just like it. And then the other Bo and Tamsin moment I wanted to mention was from Groundhog Fae where at the very end, after Bo has finally admitted how scared she is about what is happening, the fact that she can't remember what happened to her, all of that stuff, she and Tamsin have this really nice moment in the garage where Tamsin essentially says to her, you know, it's okay, we can face this together. And I just, I think it's really sweet. And I really like that moment between the two of them. It is nice. I appreciate that about Tamsin, that as, as gruff as she often is, she does care. She is really a softie at heart. She's just a jelly donut. <laughs> a jelly donut? Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a soft interior? It works, I think. A sweet and gooey interior? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what Tamsin is. But but a jelly donut also has a, a sweet and fluffy exterior. Don't criticize my metaphor, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kind of. Go with it. <laughs> 
And it was a reference to her liking donuts. Anyway. I did get that eventually, but still. (laughs) (laughs) It's not perfect, I admit. And then I also wanted to, because we're talking about Bo's friendships with people, I feel like I have to mention Bo and Hale here. But at the same time, I don't know that they ever fully developed a true friendship. And that's something that I really regret. I wish that they had had more interaction and had built that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. But I feel like whenever we see them interact, it's it's usually because Hale is Dyson's friend or Hale is Kenzie's boyfriend and it's it, or Kenzie's friend. It's not really that they have a friendship going on. Right. I was going to say their, re- their interactions tend to be about one of their mutual friends. And kind of it's a very collegial almost relationship because they talk a lot about cases. They talk a lot about when he's the Ash, like he called her and asked her to do things for him. But it wasn't a intimate relationship in, in any way, I don't think. Right. But By I, which Stephanie does not mean sexy times. No, I do. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I know I know how our listeners are. Anytime you say relationship, somebody's always getting the wrong idea. But that's not what we mean. <laughs> but I do really like in the beginning of something wicked this fae comes after they've been hunting for the under fae. They come back and Trick's like, oh, there's one more fae you gotta go get. And they do rock, paper, scissors to decide who goes after it. And I think that is my favorite moment between the two of them, yes. Yeah, when Bo loses, she points at Hale and says, you suck, Siren! And I like it a lot. <laughs> and then I also felt like I needed to mention Hale's relationship with Trick. And, you know, I talked a little bit before about how I feel like similarly like trick does with dyson you know trick sometimes leads hale down some paths where i think no trick what are you saying i don't agree with you but i also don't know that i would characterize hale and trick's relationship as a friendship so much i feel like hale thinks of trick as more of a mentor even more than dyson does i feel like dyson and trick have a friendship but maybe for trick and and hale it's a little bit more mentor mentee type of thing I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Hale, I think, has a lot of respect for Trick and likes Trick, but they don't seem to have the same type of intimate, I'm going to use the word again, relationship (laughs) (laughs) that Dyson and Trick have. But if I had to pick like a favorite moment for the two of them, though, I'd have to say it's it's actually from the first episode of the series. It's a fey, 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 fey world. And the tea, the tea, you know, exactly where Trick asks, how's the tea? And Hale says the best. It's always the best or something, something kind of like that. And I just like that moment. And Trick's like, don't worry about paying. Yes, yes, exactly. You know where I'm coming from. Chris gets me. (laughs) I am wearing a hat. That's that's why she's channeling Hale. She understands. So thank you so much to both Kevin and Denise for sending us some audio feedback to include in this episode. We really like it when we can include listeners' thoughts. And speaking of feedback, audio, and other kinds, we have a live stream coming up on April 4th at 2 p.m. Central Time, which is GMT minus 5. Our next episode is going to be a discussion of Fade to Black, Season 3, Episode 4. And we would love to include some of your thoughts about that episode. I know you have them. I know you have thoughts about this episode. It could just be thoughts about that first sex scene. That's okay. We'd like to hear them. And you can send us those through a variety of ways, as well as you can send us your thoughts about friendship in a variety of ways. You can send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. 
You can send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail button on the right hand side of our website, or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. And you can find the show notes for this episode about friendship over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 98. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on friendship. This was a very long discussion about friendship on the show. It could be, well, <laughs> we'll revisit some of these pairings in a in a subsequent episode. For sure, we're going to revisit Bo and Kenzie's relationship in a more in-depth way in the future. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks with a Doll. My name is Stephanie. Friendship hugs for everybody. Yay. My name is Annie. <laughs> Friend request accepted. <laughs> My name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. But friendship, we're talking about friendship on Lost Girl because I don't know. You might have caught on between about this. But, uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me try what? that again. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, we're I talking- didn't catch on to whatever you said. <laughs>